As I was browsing Instagram a few months ago, I, I started following Michael and I was impressed about how he was one of the, we can call, influencer or educator that was the most positive I could find on Instagram. And I was impressed about how genuine and true to himself he is always uh, with his content, which is extremely valuable and with his positive approach to design but also to uh, hard topics like business so today we would like to join forces and talk about a topic that we both feel is very relevant and we can try to reach as many people as possible because we believe that knowledge should be shared Gianluca Cinque Palmi you're listening to GLC Live my podcast dedicated to business design I'm an educator, design entrepreneur, and best-selling author. In this show, I challenge designers, creatives, and entrepreneurs to unravel the complexities between business and design. In this episode, Resilience, with Michael Janda. Hi, Michael. Hi, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Like I told you, I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes and you've got a great podcast voice and approach. And it was actually very soothing to me. I started listening. I was like, man, I could I could lay down at night and relax listening to his podcast voice, just the the tone. So I tend to be a little bit more hyperactive in my style so it'll it'll be a good balance between the two of us on this one I, if you want i can tell you a secret which a lot of people told me this but i had to learn this because italian is actually a very fast-paced language as well yes but if i uh-huh. want to control my accent i need to slow down and try oh, to think that's better the... <laughs> that's, the reason that's your secret the yes <laughs> uh, so if you're speaking in italian it's very animated and very yes. over the top yes, yes. Usually. but on the podcast to avoid the rolling r's and and to have yes. a, even a thicker italian accent i try to pace myself and i try to to think about the words that i'm saying so and in reality it was kind of an accident but it came out quite interesting although my wife was chastising me because she said that it was a little bit too sounding like a, like a 1-800 number or oh, for me. <laughs> i'm john luca oh 1-800-555 exactly yeah. <laughs> hey uh, would you be willing since I'll, I'll use some of this content as well, and maybe it'd be good for your listeners in general, just as a timestamp, would you be willing to share kind of what's going on in Italy? It's the most shut down country in the world right now because of coronavirus. And like you mentioned, we're going to talk about resilience. Why don't yeah. you give us some inside understanding of how things are there so that we have a better understanding, the people that are listening from outside of Italy? Yeah, so I just came back. I used to live in Hong Kong for the past 10 years and I came back for uh, family reasons. And so the situation is quite severe, mainly because the authorities are seeing this overfloating of cases in the hospital. So I think the the big issue now is that they want to maintain a certain level of service. And if you are overflowed with 
hundreds and thousands of cases mm -hmm. then even let's say you know you have a kid that that makes an accident on a bike and he needs mm -hmm. to to go into er or he go, needs to go into special care then they won't have the space so this is the major issue i believe although i'm not a, a doctor one of the biggest issue as you know italy is a very aging country so that didn't help Yeah. And then, especially the northern part of Italy, this is something that a lot of people don't know, the northern part of Italy is actually extremely dense. It's not like U.S. You know, if you go in Texas, you have big cities, but yeah. you have also have a lot of space. Italy is, is Five a hours country. away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... This is the issue, especially the northern part of Italy, the, the massive production part of Italy, which is Milan or Codogno, which was the very first red zone in Italy. It's extremely dense. So this was a, a big problem. The second problem was that, as you know, Italy is an extremely visited country. It's a tourist yeah. country. It's one yeah. of the biggest tourist countries, especially we have difference from France we have so once you go to rome you have warm weather so you can have tourists all, all year round and in the northern part you have a lot of tourism for skiing so the mm -hmm. alps but and we have hundreds of of this so in, when the virus hit we had thousands uh, or i would say millions of people that were tourists so this didn't help as well Yeah. So the current situation is strictly monitored. We are basically in a self-induced quarantine. We can go out just to buy groceries. So all the activities are shut down. Most of the offices are working in smart working. So mm -hmm. all big corporation, even my studio is all uh, now working in smart working and few production uh, facilities are still open because if you don't have any other chances than, than working, but from home like if you if you are if you are a manufacturing plant and we do have a lot of manufacturing plant they're still running but they're running uh up and down and they are shutting down uh, and they are reducing the amount of their employees so that the the density of the people is less yeah. the situation is is severe we also need to i think this was a big wake-up call because we had to speed up all the advancement in technology and being ready to you know to, to face this situation so in, instead of you know i have a lot of friends that work in banking in london or in software mm -hmm. that were extremely comfortable and used to work from home they already had mm -hmm. smart working two or three days i think the people that i meet uh, when i go for groceries they are not panicking so i think sometimes the media exaggerate a little bit the situation i mean we are not zombies we are dealing with yeah. it milan is an extremely advanced and productive city that's the center part in the southern part of italy is not as bad 
because of the density once again we had a couple of episodes where there was especially the initial part the communication wasn't extremely clear and i might say that maybe italians are not the most prone to rules <laughs> i would say <laughs> you know we, we, yeah. we are very romantic and say ah it's okay so yeah. now, now i think this week was was quite tough meaning that people started realizing that it's not going to go away in five minutes yeah. it's not just a flu yeah. and the other part is that is is a sneaky virus because you have a lot of cases that that don't present any symptoms so yeah. and uh, yeah so people are out and they don't know that they're yeah. carrying it and exactly they transmit it to other people yeah. so the i think the, the most responsible things to do is to stay at home and and think about not only yourself because you might be on your 20s on your 30s and be completely fine and, and still carry the virus so you we need to think mm -hmm. about our elderly we need to think about people that have uh, a weaker immune system yeah so it's also very human thing to do we don't have we have to start thinking for the greater good and not only to ourselves yeah I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you. How many people in in your family and in your loved ones do you have several people who have had coronavirus or no, so how, far, how is it impacting in, you? In my immediate circle, family and loved ones, no. I, I had a friend that is a video maker and he works for the news. So he's a young guy. So he got the virus when he was reporting for uh, for <coughs> the virus. and But he's okay. He's totally fine. He recovered. Mm -hmm. uh, he had wife and children that moved prior to the lockdown in another city. So... He just recovered, just did 14 days. Yeah. It was a flu. He stayed at home and yeah. now he's, he's fine. Yeah. So. so a couple of things that I think are really important that you mentioned and why it's escalated in the lockdown in Italy, because the average age of the people there is older. It's an older country. So you have people more susceptible to the virus and then population density as well, where there's so yeah. many people living in tighter area, that's a riskier situation as well. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you watch the news, you mentioned this, you watch the news and the news will tell you, everybody should panic. Your hair is on fire. This is awful. It's the end of the world. That's the message you get from the yeah. news. And I think it's super important to kind of take a step back and make your own assessment of the real information which is why i loved what you shared there it's it's all just about being cautious about understanding your country's specific unique situation mm -hmm. and being sensitive to the greater good of humanity not just your own specific needs yeah. and this is something that i was talking with several people and when i can coach them and and relate to them and i say you know the first instinct the human instinct and we can talk about it a little bit later one of this point is to panic is to go into survival yeah. mode so yeah. i see a lot of people going to the supermarket hoarding you know buying toilet paper yeah. uh, and and buying 
more than what is necessary. This is yeah. exactly the wrong thing to do because now you are creating queues in the supermarket. Don't forget that there are a lot of people in need. There are a lot of elderly that don't have maybe uh, the agility or the dexterity to come and, and hoard because you know they live alone so they, they just yeah. can take a little bit at a time. So it's very important that we become, especially in this moment of of difficulties we need to think socially we need to be empathetic to to the needs also of others and then and i i'm usually a super active person and and it, it does affect me as well you know i love to go for a run i love to biking but the right thing to do is to not only for me because i i think the <laughs> there is a trick we have to trick our mind right so i mm. would think you should think that you have the virus right yeah you have the virus you are asymptomatic you are carrying it with you so you need to take all the precaution necessary not to spread this virus this is the right mm-hmm. mindset that everyone should have in this situation not because you feel well etc so when you go outside wear a mask if you can wear uh, disposable gloves try to you know think about other people try to keep your distance not yeah. for you but for them like think carry carry this idea i was having this discussion with my wife you know the right way to think is i'm carrying the virus i'm just not showing the symptoms yeah I think one of the important things about that is not because you think that you're going to infect somebody and that that is going to cause the zombie apocalypse. It is because the healthcare system can't be overrun, that we can't have all of our healthcare providers servicing hundreds of thousands of people who get it. We have to slow it down so that it doesn't overrun hospitals and and doctors and nurses and things that need to be able to help people. And so I think that that's an important thing to remember too. It's not that this is the end of the world. It's that healthcare providers can only handle a certain volume of Absolutely. people. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny to to see how I was watching the other day a TED talk given by Bill Gates in 2015 about that the next war was going to be a, a pandemic, not a, not a, a missile crisis, like yeah. or, or yeah. a nuclear yeah. a nuclear crisis. But and you know he's he's a pretty pretty smart guy. Pretty. Yeah, and, uh, you know this was yeah. 2015. We should have listened. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think this this situation we don't need to take it too lightly, but use this situation which is affecting us deeply as a reflective moment. You know, like everything since we are a child, you know, your dad can tell you ten times, "Do not touch the yeah. fire" or "Do not touch <laughs> that," but you still do it, and until you don't get yeah. burned, you don't you don't learn. So. Yeah. Hopefully we we are, you know, luckily for us, we are not in the Black Plague time. We have medicine today. We are not just yeah. praying the gods. And we yeah. also have a lot of information. Yeah. So the, the right thing to do is to take things in our hands, to be informed, 
okay so this is another exercise that we should all do be extremely informed do not panic don't come to conclusions that are not reasonable but mm-hmm. understand understand what does it mean understand how the the situation can be handled there are a lot of people working tirelessly to to provide this kind of information try to filter information try to mm-hmm. understand don't follow news that are Uh, too dramatic because and neither you should do with the news that are too light yeah. so just you know it's a good is a good exercise of synthesis and analysis this this moment yeah. in time i feel yeah really good all right well that, that so that takes us into the topic yes now that we've set the stage <laughs> the topic is okay the world is crashing down around us mm-hmm. how do we be resilient in in, in what we do So uh, I I try in moment in this kind of moments to to start reflecting on on myself right and and I always done this especially in my in my teaching days where where I always try to speak to my students in the most honest voice that I can and and talking out of experience so when you f- find yourself in this moment where you you are facing adversity you are facing difficulties you are facing hardship what can you do okay well, let let's look at the options option one is you panic i just saw one mm-hmm. of your wonderful posts that you were saying you know if you think about 10 years from now and all the bad things that could happen yeah you know that that's not useful or yeah. we can just become depressed and thinking oh last summer it was so beautiful right so yeah we are losing yeah. the time to to reflect so this uh this started this process of research and i said okay what can i do to to solve this situation so the skill that i started studying was exactly this one resilience So mm-hmm. what does it mean to be resilient? Uh, if we look at the classic definition of resilience is uh, mental toughness or the ability to to go through a a difficult situation and rebound from that. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. if we look at objects or if we look at things we say is their ability to spring back into the original shape this is why in the post i used one of those 1970s armstrong monsters no because i yeah. wanted to recall this you know we are fighting this monster so i found another another definition which is much more interesting to me which is this our ability to advance despite adversity okay so For me, this definition is extremely important. If we want to say it in in less formal terms is how you not only bounce back, but you leap forward. So in every situation that forces us, this is the same for creativity as well. Where does creativity come from? Creativity comes from constraints. When you have nothing and you need to come up with something, I call it the MacGyver syndrome, right? You need to really squeeze your brain and come up with ideas. And this situation is the same. So we have to think in these terms. We are not not only going to go through this situation, but through this situation we will become much stronger we will learn so much from this yeah. situation and when the situation normalizes again we should be equipped 
to hit the ground running. So mm-hmm. if in this, and, and I bring my personal example, something that in the last few months I've been not very disciplined about like my exercise because I was so busy and so uh, distracted. Now I have the perfect time to do it, to become better. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I can see myself, picture myself three months from now going out and going on the beach and having this amazing body rather than yeah. being, <laughs> you know, uh, being sloppy. So yeah. the first step, if we want to, I, I started thinking, uh, what can I, what can I do about being resilient? Well, first of all, I need to know where I'm standing, where I'm at in my resilience scale, right? So I found a lot of studies and I decided to follow these predictors of resilience. I found this amazing AI, is an AI-powered uh, resilience app, which is called uh, Driven. It's called is, uh, hellodriven.com. And I try to simplify and redesign it towards something that I am comfortable with because like, like every uh, creative person, I think I need to make my, the content my own in a way. Yeah. And, and yeah. this, these studies have been uh, written by Jury Rousseau, which is the CEO of this company. And uh, so there are five pillars. Uh, if we want to deep dive on these five pillars. Number one is our ability to stay focused on our purpose. The second one is our ability to regulate emotions and being the present moment, which is mindfulness. The third skill that combine the resilience is resourcefulness. So our ability to you know, find quick and clever ways to solve a problem. Mm. The fourth one is relationships. So our support system. And the the last one, which is something that we are all sensitive about is our wellness. So our pursue to have a good physical health. So what I did is trying to score each and one of, of these five elements and come up with my own score and say okay which one of these skills i need to improve to become more resilient so if ideally all of these skills are at the top of their game let's say they score five points in this chart then it means that you are super resilient right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i I'm a visual person like you, Michael, right? <laughs> so yeah. I decided to to design a spider graph. I'm also an engineer by training and a creative mm. by trade. So I like graphs. So I said, okay, let me let me map these five things on a graph and see where do I stand. And I noticed the, the points that I'm more strongly, we can say I'm stronger in some points and other points I'm weaker. So the and what's the the takeaway of this. So the first part is this is a wonderful time to make some assessments. Okay. Yeah. 
we have the time we don't have you don't have to commute you don't have to you know take meetings <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. just bump into you and say hey can we have a coffee or stuff like that yeah. so this is the first part is we we have the actual time to assess uh, ourselves and say okay what well, and this is not only on the skills of resilience if you are a designer you can start thinking okay what am i weak on like maybe i'm weak on color and say oh maybe i can yeah. work on color uh so the the first part of to advance we need to know where do we start so first i would say the first important step is that we we start assessing ourselves and we start to make a self assessment and then once we self assess we can start working on things that we believe are important for us right so this was the the initial part of of the of the story <laughs> yeah yeah so what what do you think michael do you think you are you a very resilient person you i'm must I'm, be. <laughs> I'm extremely resilient i've been through I mean, my career has started in 1996 and so i went through the dot bomb i went through the economic recession i hired employees had slowdowns had to lay employees off i had i had to get creative especially 2009 mm-hmm. when the economic slowdown really impacted my business as did everybody i had to get creative on how we were going to stay in business one of the things that you mentioned that i think is really really important is knowing your purpose and you kind of you 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 pass by this a little bit, but, and I know it's on your notes, but clearly defining your purpose. If you have a long-term vision of what your purpose is, it helps you be resilient so much where you know that you're going to climb to the top of Mount Everest. So when you twist your ankle at base camp one, you're like, well, I guess I'm going to be walking on a hurt ankle because I'm trying to get to the top of Mount Everest. Yes. Now, if you don't have a vision of what your purpose is and you're just walking around on the mountain and you twist your ankle at base camp one, but you have no vision of getting to the top, then the likelihood of you sitting down and saying, yeah, my ankle hurts. I'm just going to sit on this rock. Is it's so high of a likelihood of that kind of response because you don't have any vision of where you're going. So I think that this is so critical in resilience yeah. is defining your purpose. What are you trying to accomplish long term in your life? And then how are you going to use this newfound time in quarantine to help you get to that end result? I think that's so, so critical. Yeah, it's super critical because sometimes we confuse also purpose with goals. Uh, If we can spend a few minutes on this. Uh, You know, I've been working with a lot of, a variety of people from CEOs when I was doing executive training to students that are in their 20s. And surprisingly enough, they have one thing in common. They are extremely agitated. (laughs) And most of the time, they get excited very easily. And for example, you know, 
when when a 19 years old or a 20 years old comes to to you and uh, and says oh you know i want to be rich yeah. i want to be famous yeah. and i said okay fine how rich yeah and usually they they shut down you know like how rich give me a number and, uh, and because I want to be rich is not a metric, you know, is yeah. not, is not a purpose. Yeah. Right. And if you say, I want to be a billionaire, I try to help them to say, okay, that's perfectly fine. You want to be a billionaire. Yeah. How, how are you going to do that? Yeah. And you are saying, they start saying, you know, whatever it is, uh, buy, buy stocks and buy properties and doing yeah. this and doing that. And if you are a creative person, most of the time say, oh, I'm going to open this company and I'm going to do yara, yara, yara. And I say, oh, okay. Yeah. So you want to serve people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, how many people do you need to serve so that, you know, let's say you want to be a billionaire. That's a billion people that give you $1. Right. Okay. Or you can have, you know, a thousand people giving you one million dollar. Yeah. You know, so if you start breaking that purpose down, but in reality we have to dig a little bit deeper because everyone wants to be rich, everyone wants to be famous, everyone wants to have freedom, but that's not necessarily a purpose, right? Your purpose mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what are the things that you're going to do to reach and to achieve that that objective no so that's the goal but your purpose is what do you do to achieve that goal so i i i quoted in the previous episode massimo vignelli yeah one of my favorite designers (laughs) yes mine too yeah and and massimo vignelli had this wonderful quote that says the life of a designer is a life of fight against ugliness Yes. So mm-hmm. Massimo didn't want to make beautiful logos or beautiful wine labels. He wanted to fight against ugliness. That was his mm-hmm. ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. So when when I talk with with people that are in the art and design world, most of the time when they say I want to make an agency, I want to make money, etc., m- most of the time what they want to do is express themselves. Mm-hmm. And and especially if you want to be an artist, and then we have people like us that feel fulfilled in helping other people. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the ultimate purpose. Then if you are consistent on this, eventually people will find that you have value. Yeah. Right? And and the definition of value, what is value? Value is the size of the problem that you can solve. So if you are if you are solving an interesting po- problem and people are willing to dedicate some time and effort in following your your lead then that's your purpose you know yeah. so and but we need to do some self searching first and there is another episode I I did exactly on the topic of purpose and one exercise I think Chris Do also did one and I I DM him saying hey I actually did the same thing which was uh-huh. the ikigai no so yeah. what what you are good at what can you be paid what do you love and what the world needs yeah. because at the end of the day is all f- fulfilling a need yeah. So th- that's that's a wonderful exercise, right? S- start thinking what's my purpose? Why am I here? What do I would like to do? And and your purpose can change as well. It's not something that is written in stone. 
you know you yeah i i think we we have this similar path where when we were in our agency time we wanted to create something amazing yeah and then you understood that you need people to create something amazing for other people other companies and then you are saying oh i love to help these people to thrive no so there yeah. are so many dimensions yeah i think i had to change my purpose in my agency time because once once i achieved my long term vision of the size of team that i had and the studio space that i had and the types of clients that we did work for i had checked all the boxes of that long term vision and now it was not motivating to me absolutely and as a result my resilience went down if a client we had a bad client that was costing me money and emotional heartache all of a sudden i was like i'm not i'm not interested in solving this problem anymore this now this problem hurts me worse i just want to go sit on the rock because it's not yeah. fun for me anymore because my vision had been achieved and so i had to dramatically change my vision or my purpose to something new which then built into me motivation and then that motivation makes me more resilient when challenges arise absolutely yeah we can always change our vision we can change our goal we can we can adapt the important part in in this specific context of building resilience is that you have the discipline and you have the the i would say also the courage to stick to that idea yes until uh-huh. you exhausted all the 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 possible outlets of that idea yeah right yeah. so and there are a lot of techniques that we can talk about but my planning my plan is to also kind of deep dive on each and every single one of these points so not not in, in this discussion but maybe in in a several episodes yes and and i think the most important sub point is we need to think about uh this development mindset or or a growth mindset i call it right yeah. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we all want to become billionaires let's say <laughs> but first to become a billionaire you need to start to make $10 yeah you need to start to make $100 you need to i mean yeah. i'm pretty sure that like i i remember when we you started in design probably your first ticket was you know 15 bucks by yeah. the yeah. guy down the road right and then yeah. when yeah. you it's when cheap. you starter work yeah of course and then you know fast forward uh, 20 years or 15 years and you get a million dollar account yeah but without those 15 dollars you would not reach that point so i think yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of people are talking about it and i believe that this access to information didn't help because you can have everything right now in in a very fast uh, pace but the mindset should be how can i improve one percent a week one percent mm-hmm. and and i make this, this example so think about it if you are ten percent better at anything 
you know 10% healthier each year in five years you are 50% healthier than you are now yeah and it's a lot right yeah <laughs> I, I I've seen people share the idea of getting one percent better every day and when Ugh. I see that I know when I see that I'm like Good luck with that goal. It's it's so unrealistic, 1% better, because some days are good and some days are bad. Some days you wake up motivated and some days you wake up depressed and unmotivated. Some days you wake up healthy and invigorated and some days you wake up sick. And so it's unrealistic, yeah. 1% better every day. A good stock market investment will yield for you 7, 8 to 10% per year. That's that's what you can expect yeah. in a mutual, a good mutual fund. But yeah. over time, it compounds. And I like your perspective better. 10% better every year. And that is doable for everybody across the planet. Even though you have a lot of down days in the yeah. in the year, you can still improve by 10% in a year. And next year, you're 10% better on top of the... 110% you started with and then the year after you're 10% better on top of the 120% you started with for that year and you get better over time 50% better in 5 years and it just compounds on itself and I think that that's a much healthier perspective than people thinking okay I've got to get 1% better every day hey, yeah. I think that that's sometimes unrealistic but you know i was talking with a, an executive coach and 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 he, he he gave me some very interesting advice we also need to be gentle with ourselves most of the time we mm. are we are extremely harsh we might be the nicest person in the world but we are extremely harsh with ourselves so yeah. if you want to eat healthy and you are making an effort because maybe you like cheeseburgers like everybody in the world, but you're saying, okay. I love cheeseburgers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. uh, or pizza, but is you know, it's okay. So have the cheeseburger, have the pizza. The important part is that, you know, you go back once again, it's your purpose. If you have one time, yeah. uh, one time issue uh, or one time you want to, you know have a big bigger meal than usual do it and yeah but do it conscious consciously no and this yeah. leads to to the other point which is mindfulness mindfulness mm -hmm. is this ability to regulate and and be aware of our emotions this is something that when you are working with highly performing professionals especially i think the new generation are much more aware of this the old yeah. the old people older people saw this as wishy-washy or you know something oh that's that sentimental stuff you know yeah. and weak. it's not it's weak it's yeah. weak but mm -hmm. in reality being aware uh, of the present moment and I, I will toggle with your post of today here and now you know, if, mm -hmm. if, if, we, if we could be 100% present and mm -hmm. appreciate, okay, I'm not thinking that today I'm in lockdown, but mm -hmm. what am I doing now, no, mm -hmm. in this specific moment? 
I'm talking with a wonderful person. We are exchanging. We are growing. We are mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in this moment. I have to feel happy. I have. Yes. I'm happy in this in this moment right now. I'm yes. not thinking about. I have dishes to wash in an hour. I no. Your I toilet paper, paper runs, runs out next out week. week. Yeah. No, I'm happy now. I'm I'm doing yeah. something that if I was, you know, l- 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 think the beauty of this. We met. We met through a social media. We yeah. we we are ten thousand miles apart. We. I was in Hong Kong. Moved to Italy. We are in lockdown, and we can still create and and share. Amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, enjoy this moment. And wh- the people that are listening, this you are talking with two guys that are in absolute it it, it doesn't make any sense you know these two exist and we should be appreciative you know if you cherish just this moment that you have you know you're you're gaining knowledge for free from people that that probably 20 years ago you you couldn't even reach yeah, you, know, you couldn't like, find them. You, you wouldn't even know that them. they existed. They existed, yeah. right? Yeah. And and the other part that we should be extremely aware of, there is another uh, word that is uh, fascinating to me, which is equanimity. Now, regulating our emotions. And, uh, you know, I mainly talk about business design. I mainly talk about design. I, I usually don't talk about these things. But it's important because it took me a lot of effort to to dig deep. You know, I also come from a society that was this kind of hyper performing. You need to mm. be in a certain in certain way, and mm, you need to appear in a certain way, etc. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you understand that every single living entity on the planet has emotions. A dog has emotions, you know, a human being has a lot of complex emotions. So the, the, the most detrimental thing is not, do not understand your emotion and don't understand what's happening. And when we talk about composure, when, when we talk, we all get angry. We all get angry for sometimes trivial things. And we get angry and we sometimes we also go over the top because we don't regulate these emotions and we don't understand them. You know, mm-hmm. you are married, Michael, I'm married. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the wife can really, <laughs> and I think it's a national sport, they really want to, you to get angry, right? Uh-huh. And sometimes they touch those buttons. And then if you do not know how to regulate because you have such level of intimacy with this person, you blow up in a way that you won't blow up with the business partner, right? Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. scream at your client, even if he's the worst jerk. <laughs> in the yeah. world right yeah. but the level of intimacy allows us to to break loose but if we understand these emotions and understanding these emotions first of all noting that something is happening and then we can also materialize these emotions so you can you can understand in your body what's happening are you clinching your jaws is your stomach tightening up is your leg starting flickering? All of these are embodiment, <laughs> right? And if you can, if you understand your body and you understand your emotions, you can control them. 
when yeah. it's totally human and it's totally normal in this moment in time where you have everybody around you panicking everybody sending you negative messages everybody yeah. saying oh this is the end of the world everybody oh, you know you you need to wash your hands 20 seconds it's totally yeah. normal to feel yeah. anxiety right why yeah. because we are wired this way yeah uh, we are wired to uh, fight or flight so yeah. anxiety is a is a response that your body has to keep you protected and safe. So when there exactly. is panic so, around you, your body's going to feel anxiety so that you change that behavior. To, yeah. No, no, that that's totally totally normal. Now, mm -hmm. you're not made of steel. But you can understand and you can say, Okay, I'm having this anxiety coming up how do i feel it oh my mouth mouth start watering my my heart start and it's okay just feel it embrace it breathe through it and you're not gonna eliminate it you're gonna have it accept the fact that you are having it and then try to distract yourself and try to do something interesting mm -hmm. and try to think okay what am i going to do with this piece of information um and these are all small things that we need to learn, even in design, when we hear about, you know, the design blocks or when you are sketching and something is not coming the way that you, that you want, that happens, but it's an emotional, it's an emotional response. So you can go through it, you know, get up, get a cup of coffee, look to the horizon, do something else. You know, mm -hmm. if something is causing you to this anxiety and you're watching the news, don't dive into it. Turn off the TV. Yes. Control <laughs> the input. Control the yeah. input. No. Uh, and, and don't forget that a lot of people, uh, everybody is, is doing something toward their own good in a way. So... You know, uh, if something is trending, like, you know, there are different people, like people that want to truly contribute and truly try to solve problems like we are trying to do now to give strategies and techniques to avoid things. Other people are just shackles and, oh, coronavirus, let's let's tag, let's post about it because it's the latest mm -hmm. thing. And if it was a dragon flying through the sky, they will talk about a dragon flying yeah. through the sky. So, yeah. And that's going to happen. You know, Th There is a clip that I love, uh, and I wonder if I can dig it up, about there was Denzel Washington responding to to a reporter and he says, you know, if you don't look at the news, you are disinformed. If you look at the, uh, at the news, you are uninformed. Yeah. <laughs> and he misinformed, was yeah. misinformed, sorry. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he was, you know, he, 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 he directly told the, the news anchor say, you have an enormous responsibility. So you need to know what you are doing. And yeah. you don't only chase the, the, the latest thing that's happening. And this is happening in this moment of crisis. Unfortunately, this is happening more and more. So yeah. filter, filter, your, filter your information and try to, to stick to people that give you 
valuable messages mm-hmm. and valuable uh, informations. Mm-hmm. Totally and, agree. And and also related to this, uh, don't take things personally. Not everything is about us. We have this this misconception of oh, this is a, everything is about me, 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 me. Uh, yeah. and, and it's not like that. It's you know somebody else is is might be tired, might be uh, scared, you know, yeah. like oh look yeah. that asshole cut into line. You don't know yeah. his condition, yeah. you know, if he has yeah. his grandmother. Don't don't yeah. make it about you. It's not a disrespect to you. Is is trying to do his best. Now you have mm-hmm. two options. You can get angry about it, or you can try to understand the situation. So if somebody in this situation cuts in line or, or buys the last, whatever it is, you know, toilet Roll paper, of toilet paper. paper yeah. try to not make it about yourself, try to, to understand and say, hey, sorry, let's say it's Michael. Let's say, hey, Michael, I see you have five rolls of toilet paper and this is the last one. Would you mind sharing it with me? Yeah. Okay, then then it's about the the other person, but you know this act of kindness sometimes is is just enough, just enough to say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you're right. I don't need five. I need you know two, and yeah. maybe yeah. so. Also, our ability, but we need to regulate. There is way and way that we can approach these problems, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, if you mm-hmm. start screaming at the person, the other person feel feel attacked and it will respond negatively. Yeah. So it's not always about us. I don't know. And then and then the other point which is resourcefulness uh, related to this and everybody is hoarding to you know buy toilet paper but that's not yeah. the only way to wipe your ass. Yeah. You know, find <laughs> other ways. You know what I Interesting. mean? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it I is. saw a great I saw a great little uh, meme that had a roll of paper towels and they had sawed it in half. And so it made two rolls of toilet paper (laughs) in size and you can still buy paper towels that can give you two rolls of toilet paper per paper towel. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's resourcefulness. That's, that's looking at the problem and saying, okay, I can't buy toilet paper. How do I wipe my butt? Yeah, exactly. What are my other options? What yeah. are my other options? There are cultures that don't don't use toilet paper at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. that's the most sanitary thing to do, but you know, if you are in need, yeah. I don't know. A, a lot of people that went hiking or or that the Boy Scout, they had to find other ways. <laughs> so, exactly. There so, are plants out there that will work just fine. Fine. Yeah. So this is the part of resourcefulness and and the our ability to plan for different scenarios and um, also related to our initial point of finding out what are uh, our strengths, what are our weaknesses. If you know, if you are a particularly shy person, maybe this is the time to call your friends. And to mm-hmm. make that effort and to say, oh, I'm so lonely and, and drew and, you know, oh, nobody calls me. Well, pick up the phone and call someone. 
Yeah. <laughs> Change your behavior, no? Yeah. Challenge your biases. In this moment is a perfect moment of challenging our preconceptions and and trying to you know like in this moment particularly China which was uh, it's seen as this huge monster is actually helping Italy greatly because they send out masks they send out doctors they send out uh, a lot of help right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Maybe we can challenge our... I'm not saying that we can eradicate our biases completely, but we can challenge them. When you yeah. see somebody that you... you know, the, If your first thing is, oh, this guy is a troublemaker, right? And, and that's your preconception. You don't know. You know, probably you're a big guy. If I see you wearing a black leather jacket in an alley, I'm I'm scared. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, I don't know, a biker kind of. And and you are one of the nicest (laughs) persons you can can meet, you know. But there's a bias. Yeah. So... Then, I do when I when I grow out a beard or I grow out a goatee. Yeah. I look at myself in the mirror and I think, man, I'm a, I'm a way too mean and scary like this. It's so off brand for me, so I have to shave yeah. it off because because I'm really a nice person. But when I look mean and scary, yeah. it, it creates the wrong impression. So I think that's interesting. But, but challenging your biases, to, huh? You've been going to Russia a lot. I I love Russia. <laughs> I've been there three times and. And surprisingly, I feel like I could look Russian, but Definitely. they know they can tell I'm American. And I, I asked somebody there once, I was like, how does everybody know that I'm American? I get into a, an Uber and they start speaking to me in English. And I'm like, how do they even know that I'm American? And they said, oh, it's because of your it's probably because of the way you dress, which I don't think is any different. I'm wearing jeans and a T-shirt, but they can just see they see or the way you carry yourself. Or that your teeth are so white. That's what they tell okay. me. That's They're good. like, oh, you have white teeth. You must be American. So That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Somebody asked me if my teeth were real one time in when I was in Russia. And I was like, yes, they're they're real. In the U.S., we have like fluoride in the water and we have teeth whitening, toothpaste and things. The, the U.S. has done a lot of things to... <laughs> for dental hygiene that other countries haven't. So yeah. anyway, I thought that was funny. Um, so that kind of went into the, the next one after resourcefulness, which I love that topic. You mentioned it at the start. It forces us to be creative because yeah. we have new boundaries. And for, for us as creative people, what a great opportunity to have new constraints put on us to force us to be creative in our problem solving. I think that this is a huge opportunity. Quarantine is a great opportunity for creatives to dig deep and figure out how to be more creative inside of new boundaries. Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to to understand all these social media platforms. I'm trying to to work on my editing skills. I'm yeah. reaching out to other people. There is also this this other thing that is very important about creativity. And I want to, you know, this message is for everyone, even if you are I don't know, a retired policeman and you are 75, your creativity comes through 
exercise. So whatever you are doing, you can try to to improve your creative thinking, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you're cooking, I don't know. Do you cook, Michael? No. <laughs> Not at all. No, not much. I uh, no. <laughs> okay, let's say let's say that. But you cook because you're Italian, right? You're known for great <laughs> food and lo- cooking. Lo- I love yeah. I love cooking. But let's say if if you you like pies or something like that, and yeah. and your wife is doing pies, and find different ways to do it, like yeah. do tarts, you know, even something very simple. Fold your clothes in a different way. Yeah. Find 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 a way to take a small walk around your block, identify things that you like, combine them in a different way. So yeah. all of this is is an exercise that you can you can actively force yourself to think in a in a creative way. Yeah. You know? And creative people even even more so. Like dig deeper like you said like truly truly find something that that can can help other people can find solution there is a wonderful um, challenge on open ido which i i hope ever, a lot of creative people will will do which is how do we communicate to to large masses how how to you know take care of their health so this is an amazing opportunity to show off your work, to show off your creative work and contribute to humanity too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's really great. You know, I, 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 I love new challenges as a creative person and you don't want them to be in hardship like this. This is a time of, of international hardship on that's affecting everybody across the globe. You don't want it to be that way. But since we have no choice Absolutely. in our situation, we should, as creative people, embrace the opportunity to start some new creative thinking, push ourselves to new ideas and new skills that can benefit us in the long run. The, the reality is that 10 years from now, we will all be wiser, richer, and happier than we are today and than we were last year. History has proven this over and over again, that 10-year cycles, you are better off 10 years from now than you are today. And 10 years from then, you will be better off than you, than you are 10 years from now. Or, and And... I think that that's the it's a great perspective that helps me be more resilient to sit back and think, what am I going to do with this opportunity, this new boundaries and new challenges? How am I going to creatively get through this? How am I going to position myself for the emergence of a booming economy that will come after this? Any economic slowdown is followed by times of prosperity. We just don't know how long the slowdown is going to be, but there will be prosperous times afterwards because people like you and me and everybody else who thinks this way will be resourceful. Mm. They will be creative. They will prepare themselves for the new future that is going to emerge after this trial, and they will come out of it bigger and better than ever. I believe it wholeheartedly, and we've seen it over and over and over again. 
Absolutely. And and accepting change. And I, I would like to, you know, send a message to a lot of people. Try to start thinking that things can can change. They can, can become uh, absolutely, totally different than than what they are now. Maybe you need to yeah. change your your home. Maybe you need to yeah. go in another country. Maybe in another state. It's okay as long as you have you know your family, your loved ones, your skills. Yeah. Try to think about it. Try to th- try to also cope with the idea, not with despair, because. Not that, you know, if you think and you say, oh, I love my home, I love my, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the change is going to be worst. It could be worst. Mm -hmm. It could be better. You know, maybe you don't need all the stuff that we, we have now, and maybe you will be much happier on, you know. I don't know, on an island in the Caribbean and living off of coconuts. I don't know. So not necessarily change could be, could be, could be bad. The important part, and I feel this, if we can lead to the next point, which is our ability to create social support is this social network that we build towards. And what an opportunity now uh, to build connections, knowledge, true relationship you you always tell it's better to have 100 true friends yeah. right <laughs> yeah what an opportunity what an i mean yeah. i'm i'm blessed i i feel i feel uh, absolutely blessed that i had the uh, this opportunity to have this conversation with somebody that i admire that is doing something that i feel is important to you know to instruct people to give mm-hmm. knowledge and i did it in a very very easy way yeah. You know, we go back to uh, the other point, but social support. I reached out to you saying, hey, I love your content. I want to learn. Yeah. What, what do you think? And yeah. it was it was truthful, open. And luckily for me, you you are a wonderful <laughs> person. And you say, OK, let, let, let's see if this let's guy, do has, let's do it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, you need to create quality content. And, yeah. and you need to do something that is of value for others. But it, the social support, the meaningful relationship that you build are, are essential because is it's it, this is all that matters, you know. Yeah. And I always have this example of I had a, a student asking me, Oh, define success and I said I'm very successful because today if I stop working and I don't do anything and I ask you Michael now no we don't know each other but if I can say hey look I'm in the area can I have dinner with you and yeah. can I stay yeah. one night probably because yeah. we had this meaningful conversation you would say yes yeah and yeah. I say you know all the students that I had around the world they all they all would say yes some of yeah. them their moms that that saw me at graduation would say stay a would week would say yes right? yes <laughs> yeah with no money i could travel the yeah. world i have students from south america from india from yeah. finland from japan i can go wherever i want and this is and i always say this you know how many of my clients would do that probably 5 or 6 
mm. because that was a transaction, right? Yeah. And yeah. oh, some of them would, would not even remember me because if I done mm-hmm. this, but the people that I touched truly, truly yeah. with, with emotions, they would, they, they yeah. would say, I'm going to give you a meal and I'm going to give you a place to, to sleep. Yeah. Which is survival if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This no, is- I, th- I think that's so I'm, I'm in the same situation. I mean, one of the greatest things that I love about what has happened to me in the past year in my social media push is making friends like you all over the world. And I mean, I really feel like I could go to almost any major city and say, hey, I'm going to be in Milan. Anybody want to go to dinner and, and sightsee with me? And I would have somebody in almost every major city in the world say, I'll be there. See you soon. I can't wait. And that to me is the greatest reward of all rewards that I could possibly have out of what I do. And which is why I said yes to you, which is why I replied to your direct message, because I love this connection every bit as much as you do. You know, we are a small world, right? In general, the the world is smaller than it was 30 years ago because of this ability to connect socially. And I think that something like this coronavirus scare is an opportunity for the world to come together even more where we are all united in one cause. And how often has this happened in the history of the world? Never. This is the first time ever that it's forced us to look at relationships. And that's the point of, of this, of this one that you're talking about is that it's building these relationships. We have opportunities to connect with people under a common cause and, Man, what a great blessing that is. Yeah, and also this this big scare in reality showed us that <laughs> it's funny to say, but there is no race. Yeah. There is no color, yeah. there is no religion, there is no boundaries. There was a this British poet that uh, that said that the boundaries the 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 countries are are fake. Yeah. They don't exist. You know, yeah. the, the, you can walk from one state to another and, and the, yeah. it's an imaginary line. You know, yeah. <laughs> we are yeah. all one big, huge population. Look what happened. It's a global yeah. issue because like it or not, we, we try to build the walls all the time, mm-hmm. but whether they are physical or mental, but in reality, we are connected. We are, yeah. look, look what happened in, in, in two months. This thing is spreading like it's because we are humans, yeah. period. And we, the, the moment we stop, I don't want to sound too philosophical, but the moment we stop building this, this walls between us and, uh, and we stop putting barriers of race, color, religion, accepting us. No, of course, we all have our differences and we need to be respectful of, of each and every single tradition. But in reality, mm-hmm. if we can all put our, if, if all the world would focus on one thing, happiness and well-being of, yeah. of each other, you know, it's insane that you have countries that are dying uh, of starvation and you have countries that pipe oil and they have uh, gold and yeah. Lamborghinis and I'm not I have nothing against sport car sports car I yeah. love them maybe you need one not 10 
Yeah. You know, yeah. if we could and 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 he's the same that guy with the 10 lamborghini and the guy that has a, a heart in africa probably can get the virus too that's yeah. the funny part yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and yep, once you so true and and blood is red for everyone right yes and and this this i think this social cause actually proved that and and maybe we can we can start thinking about empathy and and the how we can become truly an advanced society i think if you think about it in 1950s we were going around with chariot and in 1960 we were ha having the first man on the moon but in yeah. the latest 100 years as a society we didn't evolve that much as a society yes we mm. have internet yes we have uh, much better uh, stuff but as a society we didn't evolve too much if you think 1960s yeah. with the you know the social movement there was a drive to to society and i think mm -hmm. th this 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 thing we need to to drive we need to focus our attention on this and this is why we are doing what we are doing why do we say yeah. you need to become more creative you need to become more resilient you need to become more empathetic because this is something that nobody's teaching and i made my mission after i read this report of davos 2020 of the 10 skills that the new workforce will will have and especially uh -huh. now there was this report that says one billion people need to be reskilled huh. right so, which means that somebody needs to do this uh, all the major corporations yeah. need to do this because they were talking about in artificial intelligence but think about now you know yeah. from a ux perspective tell me why in 24 hours a supermarket couldn't do a turnaround to say okay in in 48 hours i'm gonna convert all my stuff and they're gonna have uh, vans that are gonna do delivery yeah is insane they should have yeah yeah you know and, and this yeah. is pushing us yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's a great example of of businesses are going to need to get creative to stay relevant, stay relevant in in this. And you you look forward. I mean, uh, we're using Zoom right now yeah. to connect across the world. And man, Zoom's business is going to skyrocket because of this. Yeah. How many people are going to sign up for a zoom subscription as a result of this quarantine. And then how many people are going to realize that their business can still be effective with an offsite workforce using zoom and Skype and Trello and whatever other tools they choose to use to stay productive. There's some great things that people are going to be forced into yeah. solving for their business. Amazon is so on the forefront of this, you know, they have the vans. And they have the overnight delivery on so many different products. They have second day delivery on almost anything you want to buy from in Amazon. US. Yeah, in the U.S. But they're they're moving into yeah, other countries in the same in the same scenario. And so they're so ahead 
Alibaba, same kind of a thing. This is so forward thinking. And businesses like that are going to thrive in the future economy as a result of this kind of a thing. When people realize, oh, you mean I don't have to go to the store to buy toilet paper. I can just order it on Amazon and it shows up the next day to my house. They're going to get comfortable with that and not go to the store so much anymore. So the store businesses are going to have to figure out how to be competitive. How are they going to stay in business when the economic conditions change as a result of this? And, you know, we've bantered on resourcefulness as, as part of this and creative thinking as part of what we're talking about, about um, this idea of resilience. I think that there's so much that businesses can learn learn by being forced into this situation. But also, I'm noting this in uh, in Estonia, in the studio environment, where now each and every single person that is working need to be needs to become a small entrepreneur of himself. Because, yeah. of course, you are noticing I'm 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 having this. A, a lot of people are talking about it, but you know, managers becoming micromanagers, employees disappearing, but. The the part of being empathetic, both sides, try to understand that if somebody wants to, to, to achieve something, he needs help from you. Whether you are an employee, whether you are an, a, a boss, yeah, you know, maybe as a boss, you don't need to stare at your employee's uh, neck because yeah. they are in the office. Yeah. You can just say, hey, by the way, Michael, yeah. I need this done by this time. And yeah. then we are going to do a review and this is, and I leave it up to you. This is amazing yeah. because. Yeah. And it forces managers to learn how to be a better manager, how to give better feedback, how to give better direction because they don't get to stand over the shoulder of the employee yeah, anymore. Absolutely. So it's, it's uh, so many interesting opportunities that are emerging out of this in hardship, which is the disappointing thing, but it's it's a good reset button for yeah. a lot of businesses to figure out how do I emerge from this in a bigger and better way. Absolutely. And that's resilience. You know, you go to take resilience to I, I love the boxing. Boxing is a great metaphor for so many things, but it's yeah. you're getting punched in the face right now and you're going to get knocked down right now. Are you going to lay there on the mat? And say, I quit. Or are you going to get up and say, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to be resilient and win this fight. Yeah. So which person are you going to be? Because we're all getting punched in the face. It's not just you. Everybody's getting punched in the face and everybody is laying on the mat. And how are you going to get yourself back up? I think is so, uh, so critical of a perspective. I used to box as well. And I have to oh, you tell did, you, yeah. yeah, for <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> oh, good. And I will tell you, most of the time, sometimes you have to get punched in the face and use those eight seconds to catch your breath. One, mm. if you have been done doing actual fights, those eight seconds that you catch your breath in between, one, it, it's it's blissful because you are there yeah. and you can actually catch your breath. And number two, that's your time to think and say, okay, this guy's a stronger, faster, and more in shape yeah. with me. What I'm going to do? 
yeah. I'm gonna make him tired. I'm gonna try to give three shots, uh, 100% power, and see how that goes. Yeah. So this is change your strategy. Change your strategy, and and yeah. sometimes you need to be knocked down because yeah. in the middle of a round it's three minutes, right? So yeah. you that minute and a half, you need to catch your breath and say, okay, now I'm gonna go and I'm gonna try to you know give it all I got, or I'm gonna start running like a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, either way, it's a change of strategy, and you've got is. to change your strategy yeah. to be able to win the fight and. Absolutely. I think that's a that's a great thing. I need to wrap up and yes. I love that as kind of a a closing mindset of and I and I'm grateful to know that you were a boxer and I love that metaphor because I always I wasn't a boxer. I, I have a black belt in karate, but I never did okay. the <laughs> knock yourself out. It was always point sparring kinds yeah. of things. The I love that mindset of eight seconds that sometimes you have to get knocked down. You get your eight seconds to re-strategize, rethink what you're doing so that you can win the fight in the end. And we're getting we're all getting that eight seconds right now. We're all getting punched. We're knocked down. You got eight seconds because your clients aren't calling you right now. They're putting their projects on hold. Everybody's panicking. You're stuck inside your house. This is eight seconds for you to sit back and say, what am I going to do? to emerge from this in a bigger and better way. How do I win this fight? And I think that's a great, great perspective. Uh, Absolutely. I just had a call with a client and this is the part of being empathetic. We know we are suffering. They are suffering. What I did with them for the studio said, Hey, I know you're suffering. Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. Like I understand, you know, we have payments coming up. Of course, we will appreciate more business from you, but I know that you yeah. cannot ki- guarantee that. But listen, we are here if you need something coaching yeah. for your staff. And surprisingly enough, what happened, they said, hey, write me a proposal because actually I think this is interesting. You yeah. know, and, and you just need to reach out in the right way. Yeah. Resourcefulness. Resourcefulness and creative thinking. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Michael has been a wonderful, wonderful uh, discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I hope we can see each other live soon. <laughs> yes, we will. As soon as the borders are not shut down, the imaginary borders yes. are not closed to the world. Palmi, you're listening to GLC Live. Thank you so, so much to Michael Janda at more janda if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe leave a comment leave a comment yes yes (laughs) thank you brother this was super fun and it's so good to meet you and i'm grateful that you and your loved ones are are healthy so i'm grateful to hear that from you so thank you 